This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. AMD throws hat into machine learning ring. And ARM acquires Alinea. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with Top500.org. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. And, Michael, we're getting down to the end of the year, but we did get a few good news stories in this week, yeah. starting with starting with some new AI processors with AMD now getting into the game. Yeah, I mean, it's almost the end of the year, but they announced a, a new product set, actually a new product line uh, called Radeon Instinct. And these are GPUs that are specifically aimed at the uh, machine learning space. So they have some of the same uh, lower precision features that uh, some of their NVIDIA competition has. And they've designed basically, uh, or they've come up with an initial three GPUs for the space. And all of a sudden, they're they're back in the game and in HPC, at least on the uh, machine learning side. Yeah, these three different products under Radeon Instinct, they're targeting this lower precision uh, computation space where uh, NVIDIA has really uh, been setting the market by going after these products. Now, the different model numbers sound like something out of James Bond. They're (laughs) MI6, MI8, and MI25 for uh, machine intelligence. Right. They, They like to call it machine intelligence. So these are these are aimed at that space, and the, basically the, you're looking at the sort of the low end, the mid-range, and the high end, but actually it's more like the first two, the six and the eight, correspond to the inferencing part of the market. So these are the things that uh, after the model is built, they inference uh, uh, the problem presented to them, like if it's an image, and then they go and do that. And the MI25 is the one that does the training, so that's the high end uh product in this line and it's uh, the most powerful one obviously and those 6 8 and 25s are essentially they're the teraflops at this uh basically 16 bit precision value so it's it's the although they didn't say about the the top one the you can assume from other things they said that that's a 25 teraflop chip at uh, floating point 16 uh, at that level so these are these are very powerful chips and uh at least at the peak teraflop level, they're on line with what NVIDIA's produced in their Pascal architecture. Yeah, it really looks like these are probably going to be competitive chips. Now, you point out yep. in your article on top500.org, these aren't shipping until the first half of 2017, naturally. It's already right. just about the end of 2016, and a couple of weeks is the first half of 2017 will begin. <laughs> But you'll also have new products from NVIDIA and Intel out, and and these should probably be right in the mix. So we don't have good benchmarks available anywhere at this point as to which ones are going to be, uh, you know, the the top of the heap on, on any type of benchmark uh, that 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 we might put together. But I can imagine that all of the major hyperscale organizations are are going to 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 do test runs on these. So, you know, have a little horse race and see who wins. Yeah, in fact, Google had already previously announced that they were interested in uh, the Radeon line at an AMD, and they, although they didn't mention these specifically since these weren't announced yet, uh, one can imagine they'll end up with uh, some amount of these uh, these new chips in some part of their infrastructure, and they'll test them out alongside uh, their NVIDIA infrastructure, NVIDIA-based infrastructure. So that'll that'll be going on. So we'll, we will get some, or I don't know if we'll get it because NVIDIA or uh, Google might not be that forthcoming about. Uh, sort of the performance levels, but uh, certainly the the market's going to be able to make a decision fairly quickly because 
the hyperscale companies are not devoted to any one chip, just like in the broader HPC market, and they're going to try out what what they need in the this large scale infrastructure they have, and and make decisions according to you know what works best. That's exactly right, and that's why you know I actually give AMD a, a better chance here with the deep learning or machine learning market than than I do give their comeback in the in the general HPC space. I've been kind of harsh on AMD and, and HPC in in recent uh, podcasts over the last year, regardless of their new Zen chip coming out, which looks good, just because they've been behind on a lot of the software infrastructure. But here with machine learning, you're dealing with such a nascent market and a smaller number of end users who control all their own codes. Even if some of them are, some of the other work has been done in CUDA, there's not so much there that if AMD could really post a performance advantage, it, it couldn't, uh, you know, suddenly emerge as a major force. And the HPC market used to be like this back in the early Beowulf days that, 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 that users were so fickle. Uh, in what was really a new MPI market, that if one processor was 3% faster than another in a given iteration, then it would start picking up a lot of volume. There wasn't a lot of loyalty. But as things started to specialize, that that loyalty came around because you really cared about being able to optimize for a particular architecture. Now, where you see uh, the uh, the deep learning space is really like that right now. Uh, if if AMD can uh, can build some faith that their processors are faster in a point of time or will be faster in the future, they should be able to get a lot of share out of that. Yeah, and we should also mention that you know you talked about CUDA and there's not a lot of uh, code out because the or legacy code, if you could call you know two or three year old code legacy code, they, they're actually AMD has a tool to convert CUDA to uh, a more generic uh, C C plus plus form that can now be run through their compiler and uh, be targeted to their their Radeon chips. Now, I don't think it's a complete 100% conversion, but it does a lot of the, the grunt work of doing that. So even the codes that are already written for some of these machine learning uh, uh, applications can be converted. And, and maybe the more important thing is AMD has come up with their own versions of some of the popular frameworks like CAFE and Torch. And some of the others, uh, CNTK from from Microsoft, uh, now Cognitive Toolkit, that are ported to the the Radiant architecture. So it looks like they've they've got enough legwork in there, depending upon how well they've done it, to to attract new and old customers for uh, for machine learning. And and we'll see how that progresses. But yeah, the, these these chips do look competitive, at least from that level. They look competitive. Now, there are, there are other aspects to this. It's not just the raw performance. It'll look at performance right. per dollar, which has to do with what kind of street price the hyperscalers can get, and then also performance per watt. And again, it looks like the AMD chips, these Radeon Instinct chips, are going to be right in the mix in terms of uh, performance per watt, right? You talk about that in your article as well. Right. They they come out, uh, the three chips come out basically on the same uh, wattage as the uh, as the NVIDIA chips for inferencing and training, you know, 300 watts at the top level and, the, and at 25, 16-bit uh, teraflops, that uh, pretty much corresponds to the P100 on the NVIDIA side, which is also a 300-watt chip, actually a little bit less on peak performance. That's a 21-teraflop uh, uh, chip at 16 bits. But you know that's uh, that's going to be uh, sort of glossed over when you start writing applications for it. Um, 
so yeah, these are these are very much in line. You can see these were designed and uh, uh, positioned to go up against head to head with uh, what Nvidia has to offer, and uh, you know with the software supports behind it, um, they they want to do this. They want to take a chunk out of N Nvidia's dominance of the market uh, with with these initial chips. 2017 is going to be exciting in that space. We'll start to yeah. see which ones people buy. Now, also this week in HPC, we'll stick with the idea of new uh, chip architectures coming out, and but go back to the traditional HPC side and look at how software gets ported over. We've been talking about ARM a lot this year. We had uh, Fujitsu announce its post-K initiatives based on ARM. There have been a lot of ARM projects out there, but something we've talked about in our research and on this podcast is that a big challenge there is that software ecosystem. How do we build application frameworks around that? And, and ARM has taken a big step forward now with an acquisition of Alinea, which has a popular line of debuggers and also code profilers. Right, Alinea Software, which is, uh, you know, they've been in the industry, the HPC industry, for quite a while now. And this was a little bit of a surprise to me because ARM, up until now, has sort of done uh, the software support for the server market and the HPC server market in general, uh, and, or specifically in-house. So they've, they've done some work on compilers and some of the uh, high-performance uh, HPC libraries in-house, and here they actually bought some of the IP, the, the debugger, which is, you know, a little bit more tricky to do, you might say. There's not a lot of open source debugger modules out there to to start from as there is for compilers. So they, they, they bought this up, so they got the debugger, and like you said, the code profiler, this DDT uh, for uh, the debugger side and, and the thing called MAP for the code profiler, and so they pick up those two pieces of of software plus the expertise, uh, which is considerable, probably at a, at Alinea now they've they've got a lot of uh, uh, expertise, software developer expertise to develop these things, and they and actually they know a lot about compilers themselves because they work on the other side of it. So uh, it's a good pickup for ARM, and uh, I think this will help to push that uh, that ecosystem uh, effort forward in the HPC space there for those ambitions. Yeah, it's going to be a you know in some sense a difficult go for you know ARM going forward. We had in a processor study we did earlier this year, we had uh, twenty eight percent of those who answered the question had a favorable impression of ARM going forward, but twenty percent of respondents skipped the question. So you kind of have to discount that a little bit. It takes it down to about. 20% of the market having some kind of favorable impression of ARM. That's all been in the testing stage right now, as no one in the survey had ARM in widespread use right now. There's 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 almost no widespread ARM deployments, but you get a small percentage who, who really are already convinced they think they're going to be doing something on ARM in the future. About 4% of the respondents think they'll have it in in widespread use, and then a much larger percentage say, hey, we'll evaluate it, we'll take a look. But the number one thing we know from this study and, and from our conversations with end users is that the ability to port codes over or design new applications is the number one criterion for these new architectures. You know, how am I going to get my software uh, running and running well at scale? So, so getting some programming tools in there is a critical step for for ARM. So, I'm not surprised to see this this acquisition. I think it's a necessary 
literary piece. I think it's there's a lot more work to do beyond this, but Alinea is a perfectly respectable platform to have on there. It doesn't have the sh- the quite the share of uh, say a Rogue Wave with Total View has about right. twice the share of of Alinea uh, DDT, but still. Uh, Alinea is a, a well-known uh, and respected debugger in this space, and, and I think a critical step for ARM here. You know, we should also mention that um, the the debugger, the DDT debugger, and the Map Profiler also support x86 as well as IBM Power, and in the case of the debugger, actually Nvidia, the Nvidia GPU platforms as well. And they came out and said that they're going to continue to support the, those diverse architectures, even though now. All of this is going to be done under ARM. They're not going to, at least for the time being, let go of any of that support. They they feel like, you know, ARM's a big enough ecosystem. They sort of share the space with some of these uh, other architectures in, in certain types of applications. So there's there's not much motivation for them just to sort of cut that off. They're going to keep that support going as well and not uh, not uh, cut those customers free or, or cut that support free. So that's sort of interesting. And I was wondering about that as I was sort of reading this. Uh, what was going to happen to those people. But uh, for the time being, they they intend to keep all that uh, intact, as well as the people themselves. All, they're all going to come over and work for ARM and, and sort of operate under a separate unit under the uh, the development solutions group uh, in, under ARM. Well, and as for those employees, I think it's an exciting opportunity. I, this is an up-and-coming architecture. It's been one of the hot stories of the year. You get major vendors who are now starting to come in behind it. And uh, and this is a you know great new area for them to work on. They've they've got to be excited about it. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, this gives them a a, a big new opportunity. I mean, they might uh, all of a sudden get a lot more investment now and a lot and a sort of a shot in the arm from doing things they they wouldn't normally have done, especially because they're they're going to be part of a larger suite now. So they're going to fold the arm or fold the uh, the Alinea products into sort of their compiler and library development and, and release this as sort of an HPC development suite some, sometime next year. So uh, some of those people working for Alinea might actually start working on the compiler tools as well, as well as these libraries and sort of, you know, broaden that uh, uh, that scope of, of what they're uh, allowed to do. So that'll be sort of interesting opportunity for them internally and just have a, a sort of a more comprehensive uh, tool set that goes along with their debugger and profiler. It'll be another interesting story to watch. We kind of wrapped up the year here with two uh, stories that are going to continue to play out in 2017. That'll probably wrap it up for the big news that we'll get into 2016, but there's a couple weeks left. You never know. You never know. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks a lot, Michael. And uh, thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.